So we'd like to continue our sermon series on the mysteries of the kingdom. Does it sound familiar? Mysteries of the kingdom. So before we start today's sermon, so let's take the kingdom oath. Are we ready? So shall we all arise for a moment as we take our kingdom oath? And this is what our kingdom oath says. As we say the kingdom oath, let's mean what we say so that it will bring blessing to our soul. Let, number one, I don't belong to this earthly kingdom. I belong to a heavenly kingdom. Jesus came as a lamb of God, but I believe that he is going to come back as lion of Judah. I foresee myself being a citizen of the millennial kingdom that Jesus is going to establish. I'm willing to learn about God's heavenly kingdom. I will walk like a kingdom citizen. I will faithfully observe and obey the kingdom laws. I will faithfully fulfill my duties as a kingdom citizen. I affirm that I will be loyal to my king, Lord Jesus Christ. I declare kingdom mindset, attitude, desire all over me and over my family. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So this morning, I just want to, you know, quickly help you to understand what we have done, what we did a couple of weeks during, I guess, two, three weeks earlier, what we, what we talked about. So quickly, let's do a, you know, recap of the whole thing that we talked about. Let's have the kingdom chart in front of us. So, so far in this series, we talked about the differences between kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. And we said kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom and kingdom of God is a universal kingdom and the kingdom of God is the top blue region that you see that has no beginning and no end from eternity into eternity. And in the kingdom of God there existed the angels, the spirit beings were there in the kingdom of God even before the earth was formed. And kingdom of God covers all the period of the Bible. If you divide them into seven dispensations, the dispensation of innocence, the dispensation of conscience, the dispensation of human government, the dispensation of promise, the dispensation of law, and the dispensation of grace, currently we are in, and the dispensation that is yet to come, the kingdom dispensation or the millennial dispensation. So kingdom of God covers everything. So it is a spiritual kingdom, it is an invisible kingdom, and it is a universal kingdom. Let's talk a little bit about kingdom of heaven. I'm going quickly because we already did that two, three weeks. Jesus came to establish kingdom of heaven on this earth. And when he came for the first time, if you remember, both the king and the kingdom were rejected. So Jesus could not really establish his kingdom on this earth when he came for the first time. So that we call it as a postponement theory. So the establishment of the kingdom of heaven on earth is postponed, was postponed to the millennial reign of Lord Jesus Christ. So kingdom of heaven is not a literal kingdom. When Jesus came to this world, yes, because where the king is, that's where the kingdom is. So Jesus came to this world. So kingdom of God was, kingdom of heaven was surrounding him. Now we are in a sphere of profession. We call it as a sphere of profession. It's not a physical kingdom of heaven yet. But it is there somewhere in, in the earth. You may have questions. When Jesus came, he healed everybody. 
And now when I go to a miracle crusade, why all of us are not getting healed? There are hundreds and thousands of people. They came with a wheelchair and they are still going in the wheelchair. But only 100 got healed. Why? Only 200 got healed. Why? We don't have kingdom of heaven yet. When Jesus was there, kingdom of heaven was there. No sickness. No sorrow. Dead will rise. But now they are not rising. Due to sickness, they are all dying. Kingdom of heaven is not yet. But in the millennial reign, when Jesus comes and rules thousand years on this earth, there is no death. There is no cry. There is no sorrow. So we are talking about the sphere of profession now. That's where we are in. So I told you already, sphere of profession will grow wheat and the chaff. Wheat and the weed will grow alike together. Where? Inside the sphere of profession. And where is the sphere of profession? We are the sphere of profession. Weed and grain are growing together. Now we don't see the difference. But Bible says, the fire is going to test the work. Fire is going to test the work one day. Until then, we can't differentiate within the church who is a real follower of Jesus, who are fake. There are fake people inside the church too. So we need to be careful. So wheat and grain, they grow together in the sphere of kingdom of heaven. And in the kingdom of God, overall, there are rebels today against Christianity. And the reason why Jesus had to bring the kingdom of heaven to this earth is to put an end to the rebellion. When Jesus comes and establishes his kingdom, before he starts the thousand years reign, you remember? The old serpent, the enemy of the kingdom of God is going to be thrown into the bottomless pit. Right? So God is going to put an end to the enmity and the enmity is going to be destroyed and the rebels are going to be eventually confined to the hell after the thousand years of reign of Lord Jesus. All the rebels including the false prophets and false teachers, you know, including, including the old serpent, the devil himself will be thrown into the lake of fire but children of God will rule with him forever and ever. So we see kingdom of heaven after thousand years reign, after the, the white throne judgment, the kingdom of heaven will get submerged with the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God will engulf the kingdom of heaven. And we are going to live with the Lord forever and ever. And last week we talked about, if you remember, we talked about seven pillars of God's kingdom. We can quickly go through the seven pillars of God's kingdom. Number one pillar we said, and the pillars are about the king. All the pillars are about the king. The reason why I believe today that Jesus is going to come back to this world and establish his kingdom. Number one, word became flesh. Number two, word was in action. He was not lazy. He was a king by himself. He was in action. Word became atonement. Whatever needed for our salvation was done by the word. Word became victorious. He rose from the dead. And that's the reason today I believe that rise, the, the king who rose from the dead, he is going to come back. And he is going to rule over the earth as a king. And he was, you know, risen savior, risen word was seen by many people. More than 500 as, as Bible records. Eyewitnesses for the risen savior. And the word was taken up. And Bible says he is going to come back in the same manner. Prophet Zachariah says his feet is going to touch Mount Olives on that day. So I believe my king is going to come back and he's going to establish the kingdom on this earth. 
And the last reason why what we talked about is the last pillar is word sent the Holy Spirit. When he went up, he sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit to this world. And now the Holy Spirit is at work. He is preparing the bride. If you remember we talked about and the bridegroom is going to come back and church is the bride. And when the bridegroom comes back, he's going to take the bride with him and rule forever and ever. And this morning... We are going to talk about the keys of the kingdom. Can you say that with me? Keys of the kingdom. You know, every kingdom, every nation or every government or social organization, they all function based on constitution. What is this constitution? The constitution is made up of certain set of laws certain set of principles, certain set of guidelines and regulations. So these standards are expected to be followed by all the citizens of this nation. Why we need all these guidelines and principles and laws? So that we will have a peaceful life. Think about it if the RCMP is not around, what will happen here? Everything will be a chaos. We need laws restrictions regulations even our church has its own constitution there are certain things laid down and we are expected to function based on the laws and the regulations in the same way listen to me the kingdom of god is also governed by set of laws and principles and those laws and principles are called keys of the kingdom so what are keys of the kingdom laws and principles, they govern the kingdom of God. They are called the keys of the kingdom. How do we get access to this key? We talk about keys of the kingdom. You know, keys, we know that we is something that with which we can open something. You know, access to a bunch of keys is given to somebody in a house who is not a stranger, who is not a visitor, Will anybody give your key for your safe to a strange person? Yes? No? No. We don't want to give it to even to the visitors. We don't want to give. We hide, 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 hide under the pillow, right? The keys. We don't want to give it to anybody. I've seen that, you know. I've seen that. And as my mom becoming older and older, I have seen that. She just wanted to keep everything safe. You know, that insecure feeling comes in and, you know, we just want to keep everything safe. Everything just in the inner hand reach, where she can reach. Just to make sure that everything is safe. Keys are not given to strangers. And keys, in the same way, the authority and the access to the keys are given only to the citizens of the nation. Can we get the slide, please? The authority and the keys are given to only to the citizens of the nation. Can you say citizens? <laughs> citizens of the nation can only grab those control. Even in our nation, they have certain regulations. You know, if you want to become a member of parliament, if you want to become an MLA, you need to have citizenship in this nation. That becomes a must. Certain jobs, they require citizenship. And authority and the you know, governing power is given, not to everybody, but to only to the citizens of the nation. Now, to become a citizen in God's kingdom, what we should do? We must be? To become a citizen in God's kingdom, we must be? 
born again. What is born again? Sometimes you know, people say, oh, he's a born again believer. He's a born again. They are afraid of born again believers nowadays. I don't know why. You don't need to be afraid. They are not just you know, having a title, just saying that born again believers. Who's a born again believer? Any Bible believing believer who believes in Lord Jesus Christ and accepts him as a savior is a born again. No, 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 no. I will marry my child only to born again believer. Who's a born again believer? Anybody who carries the word and believes that he is a child of God and walks in that manner is a born again believer. So born again believers, has, they have access to the key. The bunch of key is given to us. And you know what? And we need to know how do we use the keys when it is given to us. Knowing what key to be used and how it needs to be used is very important. You know, have you seen a old bunch of keys lying somewhere in the corner in the house? You take that key and, oh, I don't know what key is this. Some of them are rusted. Some of them are now are no more in use. And you just go around with that key and just put it in every lock and see whether it opens something. You know, it is important that we need to know what key to be Listen to me, what key to be used? That's very, very important. You know, you, we need to know what key to be used for which lock, otherwise it's not going to open. If we possess a key that cannot be identified and that cannot be attached to a lock, it's as good as not having the key. And you have a key, but you don't know which lock the key will open with. And that's as good as not having the key. And what good can do, a key can do, if it cannot open a lock? Nothing. You know, in the same way, God has given us a bunch of scriptures, the laws and the regulations as keys. And we need to know, how do we use that key? So what are those keys? The laws and the regulations that God has given to us. And where can we find those laws? In are you with me? In the Bible. That's where God has given the laws and the regulations. So we need to know how do we use those keys so that we will be blessed. So giving, living as a kingdom citizen, it is required to get access to the key. And once you have access to that key, we need to have knowledge about the key. What key to be used where? You know, this is very, very important. And I am going to help you, you know, just, just to explain this and we'll be done with that. One day, Jesus asked his disciples a very valid question. We read that in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. We are going to read that together. Jesus asked this question to the disciples. Verse 13 says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, you can get that on the screen, saying... Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Jesus looked at the disciples and asked, What do people say that who am I? What do people say? Verse 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others said Jeremiah. And one or one of the prophets in the Old Testament. Verse 14. But Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the 
Christ. Can you read that together? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what Peter said. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it and verse 19 and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven we are talking about those keys now and Jesus looked at Peter and said I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven when Jesus asked the disciples what do you say? Who am I? Peter said, Lord, you are the son of the living God. You know, under Jewish faith, Christ and son of God, they all related, they're all related to Messiah, the deliverer of Israel. So Peter understood that he is the deliverer of Israel and he is the Messiah. <coughs> You know, on the day, Jesus revealed two mysteries to Peter. You know, we are talking about the mysteries of the kingdom. So as we go down in this sermon, we are going to mark those mysteries. As God revealed those mysteries, God reveals those mysteries to us. And Peter was revealed with that mystery number one, mystery number one. Jesus said, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Mystery number one. Peter was considered as the rock, as the foundation of the church, and very important stone for the church. How do we know where it got fulfilled, that mystery, where it came true? You remember when Peter preached after the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, when they were in the upper room receiving the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and Peter went out and preached the word of God. Remember how many got saved on the first day? 3,000 people got saved. Church was built among the Jews. Listen to me. Church was built among the Jews. And if you continue later, remember this. Church was built among the Samaritans. Acts chapter 8. Peter and some of the disciples, they went to Samaria to preach the word of God. And Bible says, even in Acts chapter 8, Samaritans, they believed in the gospel. Are you with me this morning? They believed in the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ and church was built in Samaria. Acts chapter 10, Peter is the one again, preaching the gospel in the house of? Louder, house of? Do you read your Bible? Yes. Acts chapter 10 is about whom? Cornelius. Even I wake you up in the night call you in the middle of the night and ask you Acts chapter 10 what you should remember not now don't sleep now uh, you, you need to remember what you should remember whom Cornelius Cornelius Acts chapter 10 and who was Cornelius who was Cornelius he was a soldier he was a leader but he was a Gentile person he was not a Jew he was not a Jew and what happened as Peter was preaching the Spirit of God descended on the Gentiles and they were all baptized church was established on the rock Jesus said you are Peter 
I'm going to establish church on you. He established the church among Jews. He established the church among Samaritans. And he also established the church among Gentiles. The Greek word for church, do you know that? Any of you remember? The Greek word term for church is called Ecclesia. Good. Who said that? Blessing? Oh, Debbie, sorry. So Ecclesia. Ecclesia is the word for church. But you know what? This word Ecclesia is misunderstood by believers. Because Ecclesia is straight away translated as church in the English version. The original version, I will build my Ecclesia. Ecclesia is basically, it's not a religious term. It is a governmental term. If you Google it, Ecclesia, and you'll know the meaning. So Ecclesia is defined as a political assembly of citizens in the ancient Greeks. It's a political term. It literally means people who are called out for a special purpose of ruling the na nation, being a senator or being a leader in the, in the, in the Greek, situation, Greek situation. It's not a religious term. So Jesus, listen to me very carefully, did not come to establish a religious system. No. But instead, Jesus came to establish a political system. Kingdom of heaven on this earth is a political system. Jesus is going to rule as a king. And it could not happen when Jesus came for the first time. But it is going to happen in the thousand years reign. It's a political setup. And God is preparing the church as we are seated in, this, in the sphere of profession. Church is not really a religious organization. It's a political organization because God has anointed each one of us as kings and priests. And God is expecting us to take control, take dominion over things that we see today. And if we keep thinking about we are religion, religion, we can never occupy the land. We can never take control over the demonic oppressions. We need to think that we are political. We, the moment we get an opportunity, we go, need to grab the land. We need to encroach the land. We need to get the land, possess that land, possess that family for Jesus. We are not just a religious system. We are a political system. The mystery was revealed to Peter. Number two, Jesus also said to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. If you notice this very carefully, Jesus did not say that I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. No, keys of the kingdom of heaven because we are already in the kingdom. We don't need a key to enter it because we are already in the kingdom of God. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We don't need a key to enter in. And you remember as I said, keys are given only to the citizens. Only to the owners, they hold the key, they hold the control. And for us to become the citizens of the kingdom, we need to be born again. We need to be born again. Simple way to be born again is to confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And ask him to forgive our sins. Just believe that he is going to come back to this world. And once we become born again, we become the citizens of this blessed kingdom. So, Jesus gave that key of the kingdom of heaven to whom peter are you with me to peter listen to me what can we do with that key 
what can we do with that key? With the key, we are, can unlock the powers of the kingdom. I'm just going to talk a little more and we are going to be clo closing. Powers of the kingdom. And then we can access those powers and make those powers ours. You know, as long as, as we are living in the, as the children of God, you know, we talked about, we heard many testimonies, you know, we'll have difficulties on this earth. We will have trouble, we will have opposition, but we need power to overcome everything. Listen to me, this is important. And how do we get power? We need to have access to the power. How do we get access when we have the key? We will have access to that. That's important. And if you remember Jesus when he was performing miracles, simple examples. When Jesus was performing miracles with the right key, he was accessing the lock. And he was unlocking those miracles. He unlocked prosperity. He unlocked healing. He unlocked peace. He unlocked authority over sickness. And even at times he unlocked authority over nature. He knew, you know, if Jesus could do that, we can also do, the church can do that too. The church can do that to John chapter 14 verses 12 to 14. John chapter 14 verses 12 through 14. Most assuredly I say to you, words of Jesus, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Because I go to my father. I want to talk about the third mystery. Another mystery that Jesus is revealing to the disciples. He's the key to unlock the warehouse of heaven. What is a warehouse? Any idea? Storage. Temporary storage. Because the goods need to be moved, but temporarily they are stored somewhere. Now Jesus is talking about the key that can unlock the warehouse in heaven. And that key is what? It's prayer. This is important. Listen to me. Be with me. Prayer. Asking in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus in another occasion was preparing the disciples to understand the third mystery or the key to access the warehouse of heaven called prayer. If you can understand this you know, scripture passage, I will leave you. You know, the crowd was with Jesus for a long day, all through the day. And it was about to become the end of the day. And Jesus went on preaching, 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 right? He did not want to stop. And the disciples came to Jesus. Lord, it is very late in the day. They may be hungry and we don't have food to give them. Can you send them away to the villages so that they can go to the villages and get some pizza? Or get some, some burger, right? So that's what Jesus wanted to do, probably. A pizza is sold, a medium pizza for $6.99. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? A pizza, medium pizza for $6.99. A large pizza for $9.99. You don't see all those things? Okay. Good people. <laughs> Another pizza, large pizza for $9.99. Send them, Jesus. Let them go and get some pizza. But you know what, what Jesus told? Jesus had another idea. And he was ready to preach, you know, teach them something that's important that we are talking about now. 
This is what Jesus did, Matthew chapter 14, verses 16 to 21. Listen to this carefully, Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, 16. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on, on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Jesus wanted to teach this key, the importance of this key to the disciples. Jesus thought, you know, probably disciples would have already picked up that key. But no, they were not. They were not. Jesus said, what Jesus said, you give something them to eat. Can you say that with me? You give them something to eat. That's what Jesus said. That is to test the disciples. What disciples should have asked? Lord, which key to use? Lord, which key to use? That should have been a question. But instead, what did they ask? We have only five loaves and two fish. And as believers, God wants us to understand the key to access the storehouse of heaven. Disciples, instead of asking which key to use, they looked at the limited things that they had in their hands. You know, most of the time, sometime in our lives, we come across such a situation and we look at the very limited resource that we have in hands. But God is telling us, you need to know which key to use. We need to know which key to use. You know, but the kingdom of heaven, Bible says, we are not walking by sight, we are walking by faith. We are not just looking at what we have, but we look at the heaven, the warehouse of heaven. That's where the blessing is stored. And look at the progression of the story here. Jesus looked up toward heaven. He got five loaves and two fish in his hands, and he looked up the heaven and gave thanks. He put the key of prayer and unlocked the warehouse of heaven. Are you with me? Now Jesus, when he looked up, he took the key and he took the key and put it in the lock and he unlocked the warehouse of heaven. Then he broke the bread and he blessed the fish and gave it to the disciples and asked them to distribute. If that works for, worked for Jesus, it has to work for us too. But as believers, we are not using the right key. We are not using the right key. Through prayer, in Jesus' name, God is asking us to unlock the warehouse of heaven. But what is important is we need to know which key to use. And first of all, we need to have access to the keys. Only kingdom citizens can have access to the keys. And if you remember, Jesus told to the disciples, in the beginning, Matthew chapter 13, he told, to you it is given to know the mysteries of kingdom. And God is speaking about the mysteries of his kingdom. And he will continue to speak in the coming weeks about the mysteries of kingdom. Let's summarize. Let's summarize what we talked about today.
like any other kingdom kingdom of god is also governed by a set of laws and principles and guidelines they are called by jesus as keys of the kingdom and we talked about three mysteries mysteries in the mystery number one jesus said to peter you are peter i will build my church on you and number two jesus said to peter i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven number three jesus taught a lesson the key to unlock the warehouse of heaven is prayer asking in the name of jesus and as we spoke that example jesus put, took the right key and he opened or he unlocked the warehouse of heaven and 5000 people were blessed on that day if that key worked for jesus it has to work for us there is nothing impossible by prayer god wants us to pray the key to access heaven is not just believing it's not just listening sermons it's not just singing but it is praying if you do not pray it's not going to happen no you know sometimes we are good in waiting for a chance you know 50 50. it may happen if it happens it's my luck do we say that as believers sometimes we believe in that to just don't leave that to go just we want the will of god if that 50 is the will of god that had to happen in our lives and if you don't pray that will not happen something else will happen and that's going to bring curse in our lives we want the will of god and only way to assure the will of god is prayer prayer key to access the storehouse the warehouse of heaven if you forget the whole thing today just remember one thing key can you say that with me key to access the warehouse of heaven is prayer shall we all stand for a moment